Hi, this is Farah. Welcome to Military Law and Life Matters, the podcast that arms you with knowledge so you don't become a victim of injustice. So um, happy to be back today. And as promised on today's podcast, I will focus on more cases from the Board of Review reading rooms. Today, I'm going to focus on some Army cases. So I went on the Army website again from the Board of Review reading rooms website that's linked in the show notes. You can read these cases yourself. There was a total of about, um, yeah, about 25 or so cases. I looked through all of them. And just as in the Air Force cases, I saw a pattern of type of cases they focused on, which was COVID for 2023. These were 2022 cases. And what's really interesting, though, that I have to point out, these were cases that were boarded and decided in 2022. Specifically, though, this was after the army settled with um, some army veterans who did a class action lawsuit. There was a settlement um, in April 2021. And that was a case, I'm pretty sure I discussed that. It was Kennedy versus Ryan McCarthy, the then acting secretary of the army, a class action lawsuit on behalf of army veterans. And it was similar to the cases I had done a recent one where they sued the air force, very similar in principle um, these plaintiffs were arguing that the army, you know, gets a bunch of cases of these uh, veterans who served in Afghanistan and Iraq, and they had mental health conditions, um, some type of mental health condition, including perhaps PTSD, uh, TBI, or some other type of mental health condition, and that these army boards would basically just, you know, deny all these claims systematically without regard to the mental health conditions presented by these um, army veterans. So um, that was that lawsuit. And based on the, the settlement of the lawsuit, the army agreed to automatically review a bunch of cases. And I believe these cases are from that lawsuit that it seems like it's that time frame. And uh, so they, um, you know, very interestingly, I believe most of, other than one, all the cases revolve around that fact pattern. And you'll see, you know, when I talk about the cases, I hope to show you the type of things the member was arguing, facts in their case that are, you know, specifically perhaps help them and how the boards concluded on the, on the decision. So I'm going to talk about only five cases because they're pretty lengthy, a lot of detail. The army does a really great job and they do, when they do their, um, decisions. They put every source you need in the decision. Like they talk about the DOD statute, the army regulation, like everything that's applicable to a case is in their write-up. So I'm not going to repeat it, but when I do my first case or so, I'm going to talk about, you know, the different things they looked at, including the DOD guidance, etc. But okay. So the first case I'm going to talk about is actually unusual these are not that common, but they do exist, and sometimes people get good results. So the first case is uh, an applicant, Army veteran, was actually was court-martialed, and he got a bad conduct discharge. He was convicted for an offense. Um, I'll tell you what that is. Actually, he was convicted of uh, a... Well, got a lot of, this is another assault. This he, he, he was convicted of assaulting a commission officer in violation of Article 128. He got discharged with a bad conduct discharge and three months confinement. So he was jailed for three months and got a bad conduct discharge, which is like the word, you know, bad conduct. It's worse than another than honorable. Things you know need to know about this case. So he's asking for clemency. Okay, you can go to any board and ask for clemency. 
Um, clemency means like, I'm not saying my discharge was unfair, illegal. I'm just saying, please give me clemency, you know, clemency, basically just give me, um, you know, have mercy on me based on like I did my time. I was court-martialed. In this case, the guy, it was 15 years later that he requested this clemency. And, um, yeah, so you could do that now. Just know, depending on where, what court you were court. So if you were court-martialed at a special court-martial, you can go to the DRB. If you were court-martialed at a general um, court-martial, you know, which has like the more serious and you can get more jail time, then you have to go to the BCMR for those cases. And also know that these courts cannot in any way erase your conviction, okay? They can only give clemency for the discharge. They have no authority to erase the conviction because that's only done by the appellate courts, right? So your cases, if you have a BCD, you have an automatic review if there's a BCD for the appellate court. These are the military courts. And they look at it and they could actually you know, nullify a conviction if they find there was legal error, et cetera. But the discharge review board, BCMR, cannot do that. They can only, they can actually get rid of the conviction. I mean, not the conviction, the discharge, right? Bad, the punitive discharge, as I call it, as they call it. And they can change it to an administrative discharge, which is what this guy was asking. You know, one thing I want to mention with these courts martial, when someone is convicted of an offense um, at a court martial, this is a little bit of a side, but I think it's useful to know. I do get calls by people saying, you know, I was court martialed, but I really want to appeal, you know, I my conviction or actually not conviction because you can't appeal that with a discharge uh, at a board for correction military records or the DRB, but you can actually ask for clemency, like in this case. But I, I always tell them that's like a huge hurdle because with courts martial in the military, the judge goes through a detailed care inquiry, which is basically when they cross-examine you in detail to tell you why you feel you're guilty of an offense. Like if it's marijuana, they'll, they'll go on for a you know, an hour. Where were you when you used the marijuana? Did you know you were using it? Yeah, they, they ask you tons of questions because they want to make sure you were in fact guilty of it. It's not like civilian court where you just go and plead guilty. So those cases, it's to, to appeal or just to say, even if you're not trying to get rid of your conviction, which can't happen at these boards, to say, well, I, should, I shouldn't have gotten, you know, a BCD and OTH, discharge is difficult if you say it's based on I really wasn't guilty because you're basically going to be telling the board you lied at your court martial. So those are really hard. I, I can't think of a case I've ever heard someone tell me about where I thought, oh, wow, we can, yeah, you could argue that you weren't guilty. I, I've never heard of it. I mean, maybe it's possible, but I cannot imagine a board like these administrative boards are going to overturn and say, oh, wow, the court was wrong on this case. Um, so anyway, that's just an aside. So again, this person was, um, you know, found guilty of assaulting a commission officer, got the BCD three months confinement. There was no diagnosis of mental health condition, but the applicant was actually deployed to Afghanistan um, and, and just said, hey, you know, post-discharge, I've, you know, for 15 years, I was discharged 15 years ago. I spent three months in jail. I've been doing well, you know, raised a son, been working as an accountant. Um, 
actually they were, um, yeah, deployed to Afghanistan. So the board, in fact, even though the person did not have a medical diagnosis, like a PTSD, et cetera, the board actually voted to give this applicant clemency and change the bad conduct discharge to a general under honorable conditions, which is huge because with a general under conditions, you're considered a veteran. And if you do have a medical disability, the VA considers you a veteran and you're entitled with a general under honorable to get disability benefits. So again, that's not why they grant these. Like that's not a contention. You can't say, please give me a general so I can get medical benefits. But if they in fact upgrade it to that, you will be able to. So it's a huge, huge thing to get it upgrade to a general. Um, yeah. And, and the rationale for the board was, well, you know, this is, we're giving her leniency this actually was a female. We're, we're giving this applicant leniency um, based on the request for clemency. Um, they did their time back then. It's been 15 years. Post-service accomplishments were very good for the past 15 years. And the board said, we feel that the prior characterization is no longer appropriate. And she probably did very well during her telephonic um, appearance because during this Appearance, you subject yourself to questions. That's the one thing. When I was on these boards, you you open yourself up to questions. You could either take the stand and like, like swear to tell the truth, do a sworn statement, or you could not do a sworn statement. If you don't, the board, and frankly, is going to probably question why you're not. Every time I, I don't think there was ever a member who did not say they're going to make a sworn statement and they subjected themselves to questions. So she probably did very well during her QA period and it's doing well. So they granted, so clemency can happen. And it wasn't based on, well, I did X, Y, and Z. And it's because I had a mental health condition. She obviously struggled quite a bit, um, you know, after discharge and getting her life on track, but she did. So what they did is again, they voted to change the discharge characterization from BC to general, but they did not change the reason for discharge, but they changed the probably the most important thing, which is the characterization, in my opinion, in a case like this. So anyway, that's the case of a BCD. They do happen. Um, I, people call me, I'm like, yeah, the longer you've been out, the greater stuff you've done post-service is definitely going to help. And if your case, you know, has some, you know, if there's some mitigating things, it doesn't mean if you get a BCD forever, you're going to have that. Of course, it depends on the seriousness of the offense. This one was, you know, kind of serious, but um, you know, she had a lot more going for her. So they did grant clemency. Okay, that's case one. That's a little bit of a different case. The rest of the cases really are going to deal with individuals, again, that were mostly deployed and had some type of mental health condition based on their deployment. So this member that I'm going to talk about, case two, um, got basically, um, they got a, they were deployed to Af um, Iraq. And this member said that they witnessed death and experienced great personal risk while they were deployed, and they developed PTSD, which was undiagnosed while serving in the military. But after they left the military, they were diagnosed with PTSD by the Department of the Veterans Affairs. Um, this person actually got a general under honorable conditions and was requesting a fully honorable discharge. So they did have a, um, this person did have a general under honorable conditions. The VA rated him 75% service-connected disability for PTSD based on the deployment to Iraq. And uh, yeah, this person also did a telephonic personal appearance. Again, this is telephone, I mean, I, 
I don't think it was a VTC. They don't see you, but you're on the phone and you're answering any question the board members have for you. So that, you know, the person probably did very well answered, you know, they, they listen. If, if it's in a VTC, they get to see your demeanor. If it's not, if it's just telephone, they can see how you answer the question. So person probably did well. And this person, again, um, their discharge was upgraded to an honor, fully honorable discharge. And another thing, this person's discharge was changed from drug abuse because may have forgot to tell you, they were discharged for marijuana use. So it was basically using marijuana to self-medicate for the PTSD they had. Um, yeah. And so they changed the D214 from the drug abuse. Cause if you were discharged from any drug abuse, that's what it has on your D214. And it, it looks bad, you know, you know, it just sounds bad on there, right? They don't know what you were abusing, how long, but this was a one-time use of marijuana. So they changed that to misconduct, minor infraction. So that's a lot less egregious sounding on a DE-214. Um, I, as I mentioned, this person was veteran, was deployed to Iraq for a year and, you know, was, did honor, had honorable service there, but again, had that, you know, the PTSD use, the PTSD led to the marijuana use was his contention. And yeah, they granted the board basically granted an upgrade to an honorable and changed the drug abuse to minor mis disciplinary infractions. You know, they they went over the curta memo, the prongs. I'm not going to repeat that in every case, but in this case, they found yes, 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 yes to all the questions they asked. Like, does this experience mitigate the discharge? Um, does the conditioner experience the PTSD outweigh the discharge? Yes. So it was pretty much a unanimous decision. Um, and the, the final finding was basically they changed her discharge or his, I, I don't know him, her discharge to an honorable discharge because the PTSD mitigated the self medication of marijuana. So again, this is in line with those settlement, right? The case McCarthy versus the department of the army, the acting secretary, not McCarthy, um, Kennedy versus McCarthy acting secretary of the army. It's in line with that. So that I think they're, you know, it seems like they're being a little bit more careful, reviewing these cases carefully. And I, I guess looking for, you know, if there's anything that's, you know, close, maybe looking to kind of support the veteran, because, you know, I, I certainly am very sympathetic to people who are deployed even a day. We're not talking a day. We're talking, these people are deployed six months, a year, some veterans. I've had clients that were, if you count up all their deployments, honest to goodness, I had one who was deployed for five years out of 10 years. He was in the army and it's unbelievable. Like every day you're there, you, you know, you life's at risk. So very sympathetic. And I cannot believe that. And nothing, that nothing happened where you deployed, where it didn't affect you, whether, you know, just day to day being afraid you might die. So I'm really sympathetic to these veterans that were deployed and some of them, you know, get PTSD. Some of them don't, right. You know, it depends on your personnel, it depends on your, you know, just, I mean, it could be DNA, but it depends on how susceptible you might be to acquiring like a mental health condition. So, um, yeah, unfortunately some get PTSD and some don't, some get other mental health conditions or depression. Some get unfortunately TBI. So I'm really glad actually these lawsuits took place and that, you know, the, the services were able to settle and maybe look at these cases carefully because I, I'm just know from personal experience dealing with clients that it really does affect them some worse than others. So 
Anyway, again, this one uh, was granted. Okay, case three. Let me move on to the case three. Case three was um, an individual who got an under than other than honorable conditions discharge in lieu of court martial. So if you're being court martial, you can say, "Hey, just let me get out with an OT at the worst kind of administrative discharge possible." I don't want to be court-martialed. I don't want a conviction. I'll take the other than all the conditions discharge. So in this case, that was accepted. So this person had OTH and they're now requesting that that be upgraded to a general under honorable conditions. And they want the o discharge in lieu of court-martial language changed to secretarial authority. So what did this guy do? Well, this guy was actually being court-martialed for desertion. So that's Article 85. Now, desertion is different than AWOL. AWOL is if you're just gone. Let's say you're gone for six months or whatever, or a month. It's called AWOL, right? Absence without leave. After a certain point, they're like, okay, you deserted. I mean, administratively, I, I forget if it's 30 days or 60 days, they just change it to desertion in your records. And the difference between desertion and AWOL, desertion is if they can prove or you admit that you intended to stay away permanently. Some people go AWOL thinking, oh, I'm going to come back at some point. A lot of people don't like admit desertion. Like they never, they, they at some point probably figured they're going to come back. But this person never in their application say admitted to, I was never coming back. Um, so they eventually came back. He was not convicted of offense because he left. And then when he came back, they accepted the um, discharge in lieu of court martial. So the reason he said he left was he was having, I, I don't know all the details. It's kind of general. They don't put every little nitty gritty in detail, but it, the person was having very severe financial family and financial problems. Okay. So that was going on with this person's life. And another thing is the applicant said, my very severe, serious family and financial problems should mitigate the lapse in judgment I had that made me leave my unit. So he was undergoing a lot of, I don't know what, but very severe family problems, financial problems, and he just left. But this one also was deployed to Afghanistan. I'm not sure how long, but let's say six months to a year. He was in combat service and um, yeah, deployed. And then he's having these family financial problems and he just leaves his unit. And he contended his application. He was also injured in Afghanistan. It doesn't say what injury and there's no medical notes of any injury, like physical injury. Um, but what happened, he had a telephonic personal appearance conducted in March, 2022. And by a vote of four to one, so one person didn't vote for him, the board determined that the service was too harsh based on the quality of service that he had. Again, I think the big thing here is Afghanistan. He was probably in Afghanistan a year. So again, this is combat service there. And they said he, you know, maybe there's more matters that were brought up in the, in this little write-up. It doesn't say exactly what family matters, but it says family matters contributed to the applicants basically leaving his post. I mean, they're not excusing it, but they're saying a lot was going on. He didn't just say, oh, I don't like it. I'm leaving. Um, and then they said his post-service accomplishments were very good. So they said, you know what? His discharge was inequitable. So they changed the OTH, right? The discharge in lieu of court marsh to a general under honorable conditions. Again, huge, because now you're considered a veteran. And if you do have a medical disability where the VA could compensate it, you can with, an o with a general. Um, now they did not though change a vote to change the narrative reason or his RE code. So, but the big one here is the characterization, as I always say. And he, he was, 
yeah, he was gone a while, actually. This guy was gone about a year. Um, anyway, he did not admit or you know, there's no proof that he was, you know, deserted. It was AWOL. And uh, they just figured his his deployment time in Afghanistan in a really, you know, this is a 2003 time frame, probably that. And then his overall service, I forget, I think he was in several years, outweighed this guy's, you know, being gone from his unit. So... Um, he also, in his application, show he actually then got a Bachelor of Science degree. He had letters of support from people saying, you know, character letters saying, saying he's done well. He did his best to live an impactful life, he said, serving others. He said he wrote a statement saying he teaches his children, other young men, the importance of service and good judgment. He's never been convicted of a crime since the separation from the army. And he's had a steady and fulfilling career that helps to support a family of nine. Wow. So he's got a, yeah, he's got a big family. And yeah, so this is a case where, again, the army, I guess, looking at, you know, the, these new reconsideration of cases, uh, very, I think they were very sympathetic to his service in Afghanistan and the fact he's doing well, even though, you know, the, the offense was pretty serious. But again, that whole point of those memos, right? These current amount is like, you know, when people do go, get deployed, sometimes they end up with having conditions that, um, you know, affect their reasoning. So, um, yeah. And, and you know what, I'm just actually looking at this case. There was no diagnosis of any mental health condition, actually. It doesn't discuss that, but they said, you know, based on everything we're voting to change, uh, we feel his characterization was too harsh. Therefore it was inequitable. Um, based on his quality of service to include combat ser service to Iraq and the severe family issues he was facing. So anyway, so what are we looking at here? The services are generally sympathetic to people deployed, right? When they're deployed and then they suffer from deployments and then do things that are, you know, not really rational, perhaps. They look at that. Now, this is not like anyone who don't think that if you were just deployed, you're going to get your discharge upgraded. It, the facts are really important, right? The facts, what you put in your application, what you've done since. Look, if you then your life's a wreck after, they're, you know, it's not going to help. Like, unfortunately, some people's life remain a wreck for a while. Um, but if you can kind of get yourself back and, you know, do good things. I mean, the boards are sympathetic, right? So they do look at that and take that very seriously and, you know, care about the veterans and what happened to them. So that's great. Okay. Moving along case four, I have two more cases to talk about. So the next one, this is kind of a typical case we see. It's uh, someone who was discharged for drug abuse. In this case, it was marijuana. This guy served a little bit over three years. So he served quite a, you know, almost four years, 18, well, yeah, three and almost three and a half years because it was 18 weeks. So um, so they were discharged for marijuana. It's, it's usually at a general under honorable condition. Sometimes they give an OTH, but sometimes they just give a general based on the fact it's legal. Now, it's not legal in the military. I don't think it's absolutely not legal. No drug use is legal, but in the civilian world, it is legal. So they're a little bit more lenient because when I first came in the military, any type of drug use, depend, even depend, it was like we were court more. I mean, I court martialed many people for that. That was I, my job was a prosecutor when I first came in the military and we court martialed people for marijuana. People got like BCDs. They got, you know, six months, even longer jail sentences. So it's, you know, times change sometimes. So 
Well, times change all the time, <laughs> but, uh, okay. So in this case, I told you, what did they say? Um, this guy actually, I'm not sure it was a guy or gal, but this actually, this person was diagnosed with depression and PTSD related to, they also had a mil they were also a victim of a military sexual trauma. Okay. So based on that, they, that they found that was in service, the board found that it mitigated the misconduct, the drug use and the conditioner experience, this PTSD related to MST outweighed the discharge. So they upgraded this person's discharge to an honorable, and they actually changed the drug use, which would have been on the DD-14 to secretary authority. Okay. So that's a typical case we see. That's not unusual. Again, based on the serious uh, PTSD this person, this veteran had due to the military sexual trauma. All right, let me go on to case five. Okay, this is the last case. Another interesting one. The last case is this individual basically got an OTH, again, in lieu of a court-martial. And this one also was for being AWOL. So this person enlisted at the age of 18, 17, deployed to, to Iraq, and then, um, you know, was very young there and, you know, He's now witnessing from being like a child. He's saying 18 years of age. Now he's witnessing loss of lives. And basically it, it really traumatized him and he could no longer really hold it again. He attempted suicide, had adjustment disorder, had PTSD, then eventually went AWOL. Um, just he felt he was not getting help. He went AWOL and they discharged him in lieu of court-martial. He got an other than all condition discharge. He then went to the DRB for the army, did a telephonic personal appearance, and by a unanimous five to zero vote, the board determined the characterization was inequitable based on, you know, this guy was deployed to Iraq at a young age, then he had PTSD, and then he went AWOL, and the AWOL occurred after the PTSD. So they upgraded his OTH to a general under honorable conditions. Again, not fully honorable, but general gets you medical benefits especially with the PTSD. Um, they did not. Yeah. And there, there were other specifications in this um, case too, other than the AWOL, but he was um, deployed to Iraq for one year. This guy, young, young kid, he was one year he was deployed and diagnosed with PTSD. And uh, yeah, the, so his medical records substantiate all of this going on. And the board determined like, yep, he had a condition or that ex mitigated the discharge. It occurred during military service. It mitigated, they said, the discharge partially, like he did a few other things that were not related perhaps to the PTSD. So they said, well, you had some other things that we're not going to find it mitigated. But overall, we believe your condition or experience, you know, in, in Iraq and then your PTSD Overall, that condition outweighs the discharge, what you did. So they, again, looked at it liberally, like those memos tell, the DOD tells them, look at these cases li liberally. So they voted unanimously to upgrade his discharge to a general honor honorable conditions. And um, they didn't vote to change the reason for discharge. So it's still going to say discharge in lieu of court-martial. And they didn't change his reenlistment code, but he got the general under honorable conditions. So what does that show me? I mean, all these cases that I went over, there were a lot more. I looked at some apply, some were similar to this, but I, you know, I didn't have 
wasn't going to spend three hours going over every case. So the ones I told you is, you know, if you have PTSD, if it's due to a deployment or not, a lot of these are deployment related, but if you have any mental health condition, um, under these court cases, they settled and under, you know, these liberal consideration, um, guidance from the department of defense, basically the courts, the boards will liberally look at your case. So again, it goes to back to my thing. You got to tell them why. So these applicants were able to tell the boards why they deserved an upgrade to their discharge, a change to a narrative reason, and they were granted. So the boards are, it looks like they're taking these very seriously. Look at, at these cases seriously and, you know, really bending over to, you know, it seems like really going the extra mile to try to support the veteran when there's a reason they, they just can't make it up but if there's enough evidence enough there to support the veteran based on the liberal guidance based on the facts of the case it looks like they're trying to do that so um so that's good news i mean i think some veterans deserve it not every case warrants it right so, you know i want to emphasize it's not like you were deployed you're going to get your discharge upgrade facts i say all the the facts just determine the outcome the facts of your case so it's very important for you to articulate that because not everything might be in your personnel record so you have to articulate it you have to provide the evidence you have to submit character statements you have to show them that you've been doing well you know, everything. And I think, you know, in these cases, it's evident the army looked at these all very ca carefully and the ones they could, they upgraded. So that is good news for the veterans. So due to this Kennedy, the, the veteran Kennedy who led this class action lawsuit, um, yeah, they, they had a settlement. And again, the Navy also had one and there's one pending with the arm, the Air Force that I believe is in the final stages of getting settled. So that's good news all around for, I think, very deserving veterans. And uh, anyway, I guess that's it for today because you want to be considered a veteran. So don't give up. I hope you can try to do these applications on your own. I think if you listen to these podcasts and look at my guides, you can, a lot of these people do these applications on their own. Not a lot of them had counsel. Some had counsel. But um, I, I think you, you should get the idea by now of the type of things the boards look at, right? Remember, the main thing is you got to give them a reason, right? Got to give them a reason. So anyway, that's it for today. Please share the podcast with the military community who can benefit from the information. And as I always say, never, ever give up because there is always hope. And talk to you next time. Take care.